1: is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 315. 315. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you once again for downloading. We really appreciate it. You first-time listeners, we're glad you found us. We hope you become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're in Berlin for the IFA Tech Trade Show, and we'll be talking about what we saw here, including 8K televisions, smart home and IoT solutions, as well as announcements from a number of companies, including Huawei, and we look at some of the new products we spotted here in the halls of the show. Also on the program, Apple confirms its iPhone launch event. Tesla opens another delivery centre in Sydney, and the Vodafone and TPG merger and what it means for customers. And we'll wrap it all up, as we always do, with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. We've got a huge show planned for you, so let's jump straight in. Well as we said we're in we're in Berlin for the IFA trade show this has uh, been around for decades this show it's uh, it had got a lot of history to it a lot of products that we take for granted a lot including the radio i think was first introduced here back in the day so this is a very important part of the tech calendar and we're here again in Berlin and this year there's some amazing announcements we're going to kick it off though with the probably the highlight of the show in my opinion and that is 8K. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with 8K, we're talking about the newest resolution of televisions. Now, I'm sure you've heard of 4K. We've spoken about it here on the program many times. Well, at this show, at IFA in Berlin in 2018, we're talking 8K, and this uh, that is four times the resolution of 4K, just as 4K is four times the resolution of full HD. So from full HD to 8K, that's 16 times better resolution. We're talking more than 33 million pixels on the screen. So as a result of that, there's a lot more added detail. Uh, I had a look at these up close and you can see so much more and sit so much closer to the television. Now here in Berlin we saw three companies announcing their 4K TVs. The first out of the bo- out of the blocks was LG. LG announced their world's first 88-inch 8K OLED TV. As we know LG is uh, is a leader in the OLED in the OLED market and their 88-inch television is their latest offering and again it's going to bring amazing contrast, amazing black levels and of course that added detail. And they were the first one to make the announcement about 8K. So I thought, okay, we're seeing a theme here already. The show hadn't even started yet. And they're in their in their release, they said that there'll be more than 33 million self-emitting pixels. You've got to remember, OLED is a technology where the pixels light themselves. That's why it doesn't need a backlight, why the screens are as thin as a $2 coin. That's why that works that way. And the black levels as a result are incredible. So they're talking third. They've got an 88 inch TV. That's the only TV that they they mentioned. I actually went to the LG stand to see the the 8K OLED, and it wasn't there. The, uh, they said, "Look, it was here for the first day. It's not here today. It might be here tomorrow." So from that, I'm guessing that LG. Uh, this was a, a product that was obviously a, it, it's a it's not, it's a prototype product. It's not ready for market as yet. So. Hence the reason why it's not on the, on the stand. Over at Samsung, it was a completely different story. Samsung being the other, the other company who had uh, an 8K TV. The other company as well was TCL uh, as well. So TCL is a massive Chinese manufacturer. We'll talk about them in a minute. But Samsung, their 8K TVs were on the stand. They had four sizes, they were talking about them uh them come we're going to talk uh, to to one of the one of these the Samsung head of of audio visual from Australia Haas Mardi we're going to talk to him in a moment but Samsung they they're ready to rock and roll with 8k it, in fact it's going to be released in the US and in Europe next month in October there's going to be 8k TVs in stores won't be in Australia till early 2019 but the way they were displayed on the stand, they had their four sizes, that starting from 65-inch, 75, 82, and 85-inch. They were on the stand. It was like, here's our latest range of TVs, and we're ready to sell them. Th- these weren't prototypes. These were ready to go. And what Samsung had, had pointed out as well, and, and Haas will mention this in, in their interview, was the upscaling technology. You think about it, 8K, There's not. there's no 8K content. And there's people that are listening to this thinking, I'm not even used to 4K content yet. Well, you do get 4K content through Netflix, through if you buy uh, 4K discs. So there's plenty of that coming through. But what do you do with 8K? And the answer to that is upscaling. And the new AI, the artificial intelligence, and the result of the upscaling, on the stand the demonstration was remarkable how well these new 8K TVs could upscale from SD, HD, 4K, And the result was remarkable. You can see the absolute improvement. They had a 4K TV next to an 8K TV. The 8K TV's upscaling was phenomenal. It was really, really impressive. But uh, before we hear from Haas, uh, TCL, as I mentioned, was another company who uh, were dipping the toe in the 8K pool. uh, And their TV, they said they were going to have one 8K TV, the X10 no, uh, I think they were saying 2019 release, so that was one of a few TVs they mentioned, but the they had one 8K, 8K TV, the X10, which I actually saw on the stand. It looks really cool. It had a, a built-in Onkyo soundbar as well, and again, the picture up close, the detail is remarkable. The, you, you can sit just a few centimetres away from the television and not see any pixels. That's how clear it is. So what, what I think... The movement here is because Australians are are loving bigger screen TVs. So what we're seeing is that, okay, we're going to give you bigger screens and we're going to give you more resolution, which means you can sit closer. So you can have like a cinema-like experience in your home Uh, by having an 8K television. So you can sit just a couple of metres away from a decent-sized television and have that full experience. Uh, And, and of course, the sound is an important part of that, and Samsung's TVs uh, have addressed that as well with new audio enhancements through AI also. It's going to be a remarkable experience. So 8K, definitely the hottest topic here at IFA, but to tell us more, we spoke to Hass Mardi uh, about, about their strategy for 8K, when we're going to see it, and how it's going to work. So here's what he had to say earlier. Well, Hass, welcome to the podcast. Your first time on the Tech Guide podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us, uh, what, do you, what, what do you do at Samsung? I tell our listeners, what, what is your job at Samsung?
2: So I'm the head of the audio-visual division at okay. Samsung.
1: So anything, TV, speakers, you're the man. That's it. Okay. Well, we're here at IFA, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, what we're going to focus in on is, uh, is 8K, and their, Samsung had their TVs on the stand. I've got to say, very impressive. Uh,
2: tell us about them. When can we expect to see them? So what we announced at the show was the, uh, was the new 8K range. Uh, for us, the evolution of TV. Um, so we will be uh, actually launching these TVs in Europe and the US this year. Okay. Uh, and for Australia, we'll be looking at uh, January to March next year. Okay,
1: so it's a, a big jump in resolution. Oh, the reaction I had from my listeners and my readers was, 8K? I'm just getting 4K. So what, what do you tell those people? Like, do they skip 4K or how, how is it going to fit into the market?
2: Look, it's a, it's a big jump. Uh, yeah, 8K for us, obviously from a technical perspective, four times the resolution of 4K, um, 33 million pixels. Uh, but what's really cool about 8K is the fact that you're really going to get true-to-life picture and, and detail like never before. And really important for Aussies who love big-screen TVs. Uh, Aussies love anything sort of 65 inch and above. Love, we do like big TVs, don't we? The bigger the TV, the more detail that you need in yeah. it.
1: Yeah. So what, what's the average now? We sort of is 55 the entry point now, or
2: bigger? 55 was actually the average probably three four years ago. Wow. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've seen a massive shift from 55 to 65, and even this year, a huge shift into 75 inch plus TVs.
1: Right. So so that for those customers. Uh, they're going to see a big screen with even more detail.
2: Absolutely. So the good news is with 4K, uh, customers are able to get closer to the TV, so you can have a bigger TV in your home. Right. With 8K, you can get even closer. Even closer. So if you think that 75-inch sounds too big, yeah. 8K is going to mean that it's not. It's, so it's suitable for anyone. So you closer the to the
1: TV. So my mother was wrong. If I'm not going to go blind. She so was she absolutely wrong. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, that was a different TV when I was the younger. One,
2: Slightly right? different.
1: Yes. Okay, so... But uh, one thing that impressed me was uh, on the stand, I saw the upscaling capability. Now, that's, there's not a lot of 8K content, if any, so um, h- how's that going to work?
2: So really for us, upscaling is key. So as you said, 8K content won't be widely available at launch, uh, as was 4K. So 4K oh, yeah. content at the time of 4K right. uh, was quite limited. The good news is with our 8K range that we're launching, uh, they will feature what we call a quantum processor. Yeah. Uh, and what's really cool about this processor is it has AI upscaling. Uh-huh. So with that upscaling, no matter what the content is that you're playing on it, whether you watch Netflix, whether it's you know any streaming service, catch-up TV, your Blu-ray content, no matter what the content source is, it's going to upscale that uh, to 8K. So, yeah, I remember seeing on the stand the upscaling demonstration
1: where the SD on the 4K compared to the SD on the 8K, and the 8K just had
2: way more detail. So that demonstration that you saw there was our 4K upscaling in action, so our current upscaling, yep. and the upscaling that uh, we're introducing, the AI upscaling with the uh, quantum uh, processor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, the, the difference is absolutely chalk and cheese. Yeah. The detail that the new AI processing is able to produce, uh, not just the actual detail itself, but the, the depth of field and colour that mm. it creates is phenomenal, it's second to none.
1: So tell us the sizes, there's four sizes isn't there, what does it start at?
2: So four sizes, uh, so uh, really it's all about big screen uh, for 8K, uh, so we'll be looking at a 65 inch, a 75 inch and two screen sizes, uh, are bigger than that, 82 inch and 85 inch. Okay. And-
1: so Australia's not going to get it till twenty nineteen.
2: Twenty nineteen. Uh, we're looking sort of around somewhere between January and March at this stage. Okay.
1: And of course, four K still in the picture. So you're not going to abandon four K. You're still going to be producing four K. No,
2: absolutely not. Four K is uh, you know still still a strong part of our lineup.
1: Yeah, and of course, quantum dot technology is still the, the basis of all of this too, isn't it?
2: Yeah, spot on. So QLED for us represents really the pinnacle of TV technology uh, with the colour it's be able to, it's able to produce, the brightness it's able to produce, and the new range of 8K TVs will do just that and are obviously based on QLED technology.
1: Absolutely. I'm just looking to see how good all the South's games are going to look on the 8K TV.
2: <laughs> They'll look better than ever before.
1: Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Tech guide. Keeping you
0: updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: Okay, moving right along. There was, uh, there's plenty, to, so much to see here at, at IFA, but there was another pretty big company, Huawei, who was also here. Uh, this this show, uh, the 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 IFA show. Is a bit of a cross section of all kinds of technologies, not just consumer electronics. It's also very heavy on the appliances side as well. So uh, that that was that was present. Also a lot of mobile uh, companies and Huawei being one of them. Uh, they use this opportunity to announce not a product as such, but a something that will power the next the next generation of products. So here they announced the Kirin nine eighty processor. So uh, their head of consumer, their consumer business group, There's uh, Richard Yu, the uh, consumer business group CEO from Huawei, he uh, gave the press conference and was talking about a chip that was about a centimeter square, the Kirin 980 processor. And the significance of this chip, this next generation processor, is what they call an SOC chip, a system on a chip so it can enable a new level of mobile AI. The the press conference was very technical. Uh, It it was uh, specific about speeds and percentage improvements on things like that. Now, to put it into into layman's terms, if you like, the the basics of this is the fact that this is going to power their next generation of smartphones, starting with the Mate 20, which is going to be launched in London in October. So expect to see this, the 980 chip, onboard the Mate 20, And it is going to enable so many things and so much AI. So not only the speed is going to be important, Uh, they've pointed out that the Kirin 980 is way way more powerful than the popular Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 processor, which has been the chip that's been found in all of the flagship devices, including the Galaxy Note 9 and other flagship products. Uh, they said they uh, it, it is the speed is going to be significant. The, the example they gave uh, with, with the Kirin 980 is the fact that it can recognize 4,600 images per minute. So, you know, when it's uh, the AI camera is on it and, and recognizing what's in front of the lens, it can recognize 4,600 images in 60 seconds, which is 120% better than the Kiran 970. Uh, so what, what it's also going to enable is a lot more efficiency on the product. So the ab- ability to handle intensive workloads, intensive applications, provides significant power efficiency. So what this means, it doesn't just mean faster app launch times. It means things like better battery life, better multitasking, smoother performance. So you're gonna get real smooth graphics performance as well. So you imagine watching videos, playing games on your on your device that would look probably smoother than they would on your television or on your laptop. Uh, the graphic processing performance alone is going to be 46, 46% better uh, as well as 178% improved power efficiency. So you can just imagine what what effect that's going to have on battery life, for example. The other benefits too with, the, with this system on a chip is data throughput. So on Wi-Fi, it can handle data faster as well. Uh, and, and not only that, it also provides the support for the camera. You've got to remember the camera is a focal part of the uh, of the phone, and the, it, it demands a lot of processing power, not just for recognizing what's in front of it, but also for processing images and HDR color reproduction, manipulating contrast on different parts of the image in real time. So give, giving that sort of processing power is, is uh, the result of having the Kirin 980. That's what's going to be seen in these new devices. Things like motion tracking uh, is going to be also uh, enhanced as well. Uh, it's going to allow for uh, dedicated processing for video, So the camera can shoot the video uh, with a much shorter delay. It's going to provide even more GPS accuracy as well. And on the networks, it's going to be LTE Cat 21 compatible. So that means it can handle download speeds on compatible networks of 1.4 gigabits per second, which is just ridiculously fast. It's also 5G ready, a controversial topic, seeing that Huawei has uh, been excluded from the 5G rollout uh, bids in Australia. But that is a story for another day and, and far from being resolved. But these the devices will be 5G ready as well. So uh, amazing, amazing what we're going to see when this is actually, when the rubber hits the road with the Kirin 980, when we do see the Mate 20, a uh, mid-October launch for their new product. And, I'm, and from what I'm told... Uh, the feedback I'm getting is that this is going to be a product like no other. It's going to be a re- lot different to what we're used to on a smartphone. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that. If you want to read more about uh, everything we've spoken about uh, at so far at IFA, including 8K and, of course, the Huawei, the Huawei Kirin 980, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Now we're going to wrap up a few other things that we saw at the show. We did visit our good friends at Ecovacs. They've got some new some new robot vacuum cleaners on the way, including one that has a built-in camera on the front of the robot vacuum. You know how robot vacuums work? You they, they just they, they set a path around your home and they, they I think they track either the ceiling or they've got a sensor in the in the front of the product so they know what's in front of them. Well the new Ecovacs, and they had a great demonstration on their booth has a little camera and a sensor and artificial intelligence so it knows what's in front of it and knows if it can if it needs to leave it alone if it can if it can vacuum over the top of it the example they had on the stand was they had a couple of socks they had a dog bowl full of water so that the the vacuum cleaner with this intelligence actually stopped and didn't disturb those little areas a a sock is going to get get sucked up into the cleaner uh, similarly with other things like you know, like charging cables and things like that it's going to be able to recognize what's in front of it and decide do i need to go around can i go straight over the top and that intelligence is, is going to just make having a robot vacuum cleaner even better so you can actually have stuff on your floor and not worry that the vacuum cleaner is going to suck it up and it'll be lost forever uh, really interesting to look at that The other thing we looked at too, we we went down to the uh, TCL stand. TCL Communications uh, not only make TVs, the TCL division makes TVs, the TCL Communications division also uh, creates and owns smartphone brands like Alcatel and BlackBerry. And while we were down there, we checked out what they had on offer. The first one uh, on the Alcatel side was a new tablet. This is the new 3T8 Android tablet. It's a family-friendly product. Uh, and the, the best thing about this, it's going to have the latest version of Android Go, so it's going to have the Oreo operating system, but the Go, uh, the Go version of this system uh, allows operating systems to be optimized to increase the performance of these affordable tablets, so it's not too much software for it to handle. Now, the 3T8, uh, running, running Google, is two, only 8.2 millimeters thick, it's available in metallic black, suede blue. Weighs just 279 kilos, but it's an ideal size for, for kids, for adults. It's got a kids mode. It even comes with a tough case so that if a child's using and they drop it, it's not going to break. Uh, but the best thing about it is the value. You're going to see it's going to be available in market in Australia within the next couple of months. It's going to be less than $130. So Alcatel once again proving you don't need to spend big money to get a decent product. So uh, expect to see that in the next couple of months as well. The other thing we saw too uh, from the, uh, the TCL stable, they also own BlackBerry as I mentioned. They're going to also release, they just announced the BlackBerry Key2 LE. Now the Key2 was announced a few months ago, still not in Australia. What we saw here was the key to le which I think stands for Light Edition. So it's a couple of hundred dollars cheaper, slightly different, uh, has a bit more of a refined, modern look, Uh, available in three colors. The colors are really special, Slate, Champagne, and Atomic. Uh, Atomic is red. Uh, It looked really nice, but the device, thinner, lighter, has a redesigned keyboard too. The keys are almost 10% larger than those on the previous model, and the, the physical keyboard is designed for that increased accuracy and precision. It now includes a speed key, so you get this shortcut access to a number of functions at any time that you like. Uh, without the need to return to the home screen which is really helpful as well you can of course set your speed keys which is uh there's 52 customizable shortcuts using every letter of the alphabet so a all the way through to z you can have a short press long press shortcut so f short press might be facebook i long press might be instagram so it gives you access to that as well on the camera side uh dual rear lens cameras 30 megapixel and 5 megapixel also going to have an 8 megapixel camera on the front with an lcd flash expect to see this in a uh, in a few weeks 699 in australia it's also going to have all the security and privacy that you'd expect from a blackberry device it's kind of one of their trademarks so keep an eye on that the other things we saw at ifa i'll mention one more product and it is from uh, one of our sponsors netgear this is uh, in my opinion it's it's making a good product even better orbi as you know is uh, is one of those device those products uh supplying a mesh Wi-Fi system that makes your Wi-Fi network in your home even better than before. So it provides a really stable uh, and, and and wide-ranging network. It gives you plenty of coverage at home and gives you great performance across the network at the same time. Well, what Netgear has done is released a new version of Orbi that they're calling Orbi Voice. So what they're doing, uh, to sum it up, is providing the Wi-Fi and also the Hi-Fi. So the satellite one of the, the satellite that you put in the center of the home, not only is it a satellite to help your Wi-Fi create that mesh network, but it's also a smart speaker. And not any old smart speaker. It actually features premium Harman card and audio. So you're getting the coverage of the Wi-Fi, and it's a smart speaker. It's got Alexa built in so you can talk to it, you can play your music through it, and it's boosting your Wi-Fi at the same time. The original satellite still sits next to your modem. That's the same as it was before, but the other satellite is now a smart speaker. So a uh, really cool new feature there. So it's sort of killing two birds with one stone. And I think they're, they're Netgear really smart here because these mesh systems are very popular. Smart speakers are very popular. And hey, they've combined two in one. Really clever. I did hear this on the stand. This, it sounds brilliant. Harman Kardon, uh, no slouches when it comes to audio quality. And this is uh, no exception. Pricing's yet to be determined, but it's definitely coming to Australia later this year. So keep an eye on that. The Netgear Orbi Voice. That's our wrap-up of, of all the things we saw at IFA. Uh, if you want to check all of those stories out, the BlackBerry, Alcatel, Netgear, Ecovacs, Huawei, all the 8K stories, you know where to find it. It's at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech
0: Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Well, You probably have antivirus on your computers, your tablets. But did you know that your router could be letting hackers into your home? The router is the heart of the connected home, but can also provide an entry point for hackers to attack anything connected to your network to infect your devices, steal your information, and even spy on your home. And unfortunately, just password protecting your router won't block these threats. Introducing Norton Core, a smart and more secure Wi-Fi router that delivers speed and security all in one. Norton Core delivers next-gen Wi-Fi speeds to every corner of your home while helping to protect all your connected devices such as computers, phones, smart TVs, baby monitors, gaming consoles, smart speakers, and more from digital threats by helping to block them at the network level. With built-in parental controls, Norton Core also lets you set screen time limits by device or by user. You can also set content filters and even pause the internet across your home or from an easy-to-use smartphone app. Norton Core, the smart, more secure Wi-Fi router, is available now at your local Harvey Norman store.
0: Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: Okay, well, on to other news in the tech world, and we're going to kick off with Apple. They've sent out the, uh, invitations for their iPhone launch event. They've confirmed the fact that there's going to be an event on the 12th of September uh, for the new iPhones and possibly a new Apple Watch and now the, the event's going to be held at the Steve Jobs Theatre at Apple Park. The invitations were, as usual, a little bit cryptic. There was uh, an invitation with a, a circle, which is what I'm assuming is the uh, Apple Park main office, the circular building there, and the headline, Gather Round. Please join us for a special Apple event at the Steve Jobs Theatre in Cupertino. So uh, it's going to kick off at on September 12 at 10 a.m. local time, so that's U.S. time, 3 a.m. September 13, Sydney time. Uh, Apple will also be live-streaming the event for those who want to get up at the Crack of Dawn or before even the Crack of Dawn to watch the event live. Uh, and there is going to be... Uh, pretty, not not much surprises here. We pretty much know that it's going to be an iPhone launch event. We've been talking about it for months. They're gonna probably introduce three new iPhones. So, no, I can't see any real surprises here. We have spoken about this before, but I'll cover them again. We're gonna see a five, an updated five point eight inch. So that's the regular, the the iPhone X size we have now. That's going to be upgraded with a better processor. That's going to have an OLED display, as it does now. Uh, likely to be called the iPhone X, uh, XS, or XS, uh, however you want to pronounce that. The next, the next phone up, though, there's going to be well, there will be another iPhone 10, which will be a much larger device, a 6.5 inch device, also with an OLED display. So this will make it, if that is the, in fact the case, if they have a 6.5 inch iPhone 10. With an OLED display, it will actually be bigger. So the device will be bigger than the Samsung recently released Galaxy Note 9. Now, we've spoken about the 9 in the past, the Note 9. It is a big device. Apple's 6.5-inch could even be bigger than that, which is remarkable. So expect to see an iPhone 10S, an iPhone Ten Plus, perhaps they'll call that. So that'll be the 6.5. But what there will be in the middle, there'll be an in-between model, a 6.1-inch phone that'll have an LCD display, so it'll be slightly cheaper. Now, this I expected to be called the iPhone 8S or perhaps the iPhone 9. It'll have a similar notch on the top of the screen. You know how the iPhone 10's got that little notch. It'll have Face Face ID, no home button, so that you can see where the trend is here with Apple. They're getting rid of the home button. Face ID for their premium phones. Well, how What I understand is they'll still offer the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 8 as their cheaper entry-level phones, that will also still have home buttons on them. So if you're attached to your home button, there will probably still be home buttons on their entry-level products, so the older 7 and 8. But it'll also be, and uh, there were some leaked images, if they're to be believed. There was a leaked image of the new iPhones uh, that were published on 9to5Mac. I've put a link on our story on TechGuide as well as published the pictures myself. Now, there is a photo of two iPhones, the 5.8-inch and also the larger 6.5-inch. And what appears to be, and this is a giveaway in the, fu- in the invitation, which is sort of a goldish color, uh, there is a, it does look like it's going to be a gold color of the iPhone 10. So at the moment, we've just got silver and black, but I think they're going to introduce a nice gold color to the lineup as well, which is exciting. The other leaked image was of the new, what, what we think is going to be the new Apple Watch. Uh, The design is not going to change apart from the the crown is not going to be completely red. It's just going to be a red circle within the crown. But what's going to change is the size of the bezels on the screen. So you'll note anyone who's got an Apple Watch, look down at your wrist. You'll see there's like a pretty thick frame around the screen. That's called the bezel. Now, what the new watch is going to have is an even thinner, almost a non-existent bezel. So it's like the screen goes all the way to the edge. So basically, you're going to get a bigger screen on a device that's going to be the same size as the previous model. So uh, that that's going to improve the size of that screen there as well. Of course, you never know what else they may introduce. I'm tipping they're probably going to introduce an updated uh, uh, AirPods. They've been around a couple of years already, so they may have an AirPods 2, maybe something different, something better. Uh, they may uh, have a new iPad. I don't know. My, my prediction is there's going to have to have an iPad Pro that looks similar to the iPhone 10 without a home button. So it's just all screen, no home button, face ID. I think they're due to produce an iPad that looks like that sometime soon. May not be this event. event may be an event early next year. Time will tell. But uh, all that news, you'll see that if you want to read up on on that uh, those and see those leaked images, by the way, you can check those out. And also keep an eye on Tech Guide for all those any any news that we hear about Apple Apple Watch and iPhone. Uh, you can read that story at TechGuide au. Tech Guide.
0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Uh,
1: here's a story that is uh, actually close. To my heart and also close to my home, a Tesla opening a new Sydney delivery center. Now, if you've been a listener of the podcast over the past few months, you'll know that I'm now a Tesla owner. I'm a, I drive a Tesla Model S 75D. Uh, I've gone electric all the way. And Tesla has opened a new mobile servicing and delivery center in the Sydney suburb of Alexandria, which is great because it's about a 10-minute drive from my house. Uh, Not that I need my car servicing very often, but because there's going to be six superchargers located there as well. Uh, For anyone who knows the area, it's going to be located in Burke Road, Alexandria, which is not far from the airport. Uh, It's going to be able to allow Tesla to uh, have greater volume of deliveries as the number of people owning electric cars grows. And we spoke about the Model 3 in the past. They're anticipating a lot of orders and deliveries for that vehicle that we'll see next year and beyond. So this delivery centre, on top of what their centres in Martin Place, St Leonard's, and all these other places, I think St Leonard's is more a delivery place, Martin Place is more a store, but St Leonard's and now Alexandria are going to be able to cope with the expected high demand for the Model 3 and the existing Model S and Model X. Uh, what they've also introduced uh, is, uh, Tesla has introduced, is mobile servicing. So uh, the, the mobile servicing will allow repairs and servicing to be done remotely. So if you want to order, uh, get your car serviced, they can come to your home or your office. Uh, if any repairs are required, apparently more than 80% of repairs are possible without even visiting a Tesla service center. So they can either do it, they can tap into your car's connection and see what's wrong, they can diagnose it remotely, or a mobile service vehicle will come around to your home. It's already available in the US and the UK. Tesla Mobile Servicing uses a fleet of all-electric Tesla vehicles, of course. They're they're Model S's that have been totally redesigned inside to fit all their tools and everything they need. There's a little video on Tech Guide if you want to see how that works. Uh, But that is uh, exciting news from Tesla. The new Alexandra Tesla facility, uh, open for servicing and deliveries. the superchargers aren't quite ready yet. I, I understand they'll take another month. But they're gonna—it's gonna house six superchargers, which will be available for Tesla owners 24/7. And I will be there because they're very close to my home. Uh, but there's superchargers, of course, uh, popping up all over Australia. Uh, there's uh, the latest supercharger, I think, was opened down in Naruma on the south coast, with 18 more sites already in stages of development that we'll see later this year. If you want to read more about that Tesla story, you know where to go: TechGuide.com.au.
2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: IFA uh, kicked off here in Berlin was this merger between Vodafone and TPG. This is a $15 billion merger of, uh, they call it the merger of equals, uh, in inverted commas there, believed to be worth $15 billion. And this is quite a move in the telco game. It's, it's drawn interesting reactions uh, across the telco community, which we'll talk about in a moment. But basically what's happening is this. The new entity will mean TPG shareholders will own 49% of the new group, uh, believed to be TPG Telecom or something. They're going to have a, the TPG is going to be the main name. And the uh, Vodafone will hold – the Vodafone, which is Hutchison Australia, Vodafone Hutchison Australia, will re- own the remaining 50.1%. Uh, the merger was unanimously recommended by the TPG board, and this is a definite move against Telstra and Optus here so you can think the combined strength of TPG which is massive in the broadband space and the strength of Vodafone which is growing and pretty big in the mobile space this is going to provide uh going to cause Telstra and Optus to look over their shoulder somewhat uh now what what the deal is basically doing is substantiating both companies assets so TPG which by the way also owns Internode and iiNet they're the second largest NBN provider in Australia behind Telstra. So that's pretty interesting news. While Vodafone brings a solid mobile customer base, I think they've got around four, I'm sorry, six million subscribers. So they're not too shabby there either. So combining those forces, they're going to be pretty formidable. Now, existing customers, uh, rest assured, the deal would not affect current plans, current features the Vodafone commercial, uh, Chief Commercial Officer, Ben McIntosh, a friend of the show, he says it is business as usual. So you customers, myself included, that are enjoying things like $5 a day roaming, uh, no locking contracts, 35-day prepaid expiry. So that's going to happen. NBN Instant Connect and 4G backup also still there. So nothing's going to change. Now, the merger needs to be approved. It's got to be approved by the ACCC and the board members. Uh, but it ju- did draw some very interesting reactions, including one from Boost Mobile founder Peter Attinson, who's pretty vocal. Of uh, his, uh, his, his comments have appeared on the Tech Guide podcast in the past. He does speak his mind. He knows the the industry back to front, uh, and his reaction was quite interesting. I'm, I'm going to read to you what he said uh, upon the news of hearing about Vodafone and TPG. Uh, he says here. Well, his his basic his basic gripe is the fact that he says the A triple C should reject the deal unless the new company can offer safeguards to mobile virtual network operators, which is like Boost Mobile. So the MVNOs like Boost, we they need to be given safeguards that they're that they're okay. So here's it's. Peter Adderton, trying to protect Boost Mobile's territory, uh, and here's what he said, I'm, the, I'm quoting now, it will be brands like Boost Mobile that will be crucial in maintaining a healthy and competitive market. The question is simple, will the new voter CEO of the merged entity honor TPG's previously aggressive six months for free, nine ninety five per month offer? My guess is both might get a case of amnesia on this one one could argue that MVNO's brands become less important to the carriers as they seek growth with this merger. So what MVNOs, they, the mobile virtual network operators, they partner up with Telco. So Boost actually partners up with Telstra. So they resell the Telstra network to their customers, just like other MVNOs do the same. So he's seeking clarity here. Um Aditon went on to say, I, I do like this quote that he said, he he didn't believe that TPG had ever intended to build a full nationwide network, because that was a story a couple of years ago, was that TPG was endeavouring to build their own mobile network. So Adderton sort of was took a bit of a cynical look at that and said, uh, and I'm quoting again, there's a huge capital cost to do that, and with the amount of money it would take, such an idea was never going to be profitable, he said. This was only ever a game of poker. TPG was playing poker. They spooked the market, and Vodafone showed their hand, which is exactly what I believe TPG was hoping would happen. Today shows that the mere threat of another competitor was enough for Vodafone to make a move. Whether that's right or not well, it's up to you to find out, but I think the general reaction is that if it's, uh, it's a good, healthy competition for the big players like Telstra and Optus, then that can't be bad. And I think the, the, at the end of the day, the customers are going to have more choice, more competition, better deals for themselves. If you want to find out more, read that complete story. You can check it out at techguide.com.au.
0: Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide.
1: The Tech God podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And, well, we've spoken about Orbi already, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Well, Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri-Band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. be better Wi Fi everywhere.
0: Tech Guide now.
1: Answering all your tech questions,
0: the Tech Guide Help Desk.
1: Well, the Tech Guide Help this is actually uh, an extension of uh, our, our mention of the Netgear Orbi system. And, and I did get this question a lot, Uh a person saying that they, they want to upgrade their router to get better Wi-Fi performance. Well, it's really not their router they have to upgrade. Their or they're, Sorry, their modem. He wants to upgrade his modem for better performance. Well, wrong move. Your modem's fine. Your modem is going to bring the internet into your house. It's what you do with it in your house that counts, and that, that's what the router's for. Now, I'm not just going to talk about Orbi. Orbi's one of many mesh Wi-Fi network systems. You've got Orbi. You've also got Cover from D-Link. You've got Velop from Linksys. You've got Google Wi-Fi. There's plenty of options for you to improve your Wi-Fi in your home. So as we are now, a lot of modems uh, that come from the ISPs, they're also a router. So they're in a corner of your home, the internet comes in and they create a Wi-Fi network. But because they're in the corner of your house, it's not gonna give you better connection at the other end of your house. That's where the mesh systems come into play. So you connect one to the modem and then you scatter the other satellites around your home. So they all beam, they all talk to each other. They, they, they create this great network. You've got a, a more reliable, consistent coverage across your home. That's how a mesh system works. They all talk to each other. They, they beam back, back and forth, so they create a mesh network. So it's like them holding hands and creating this massive network for you. Uh, that, that's the difference between just having a normal router or having a mesh network. And and Orbi, uh, Google Wi-Fi, Cover, Velop, all available. All can do the same job. Uh, th- there's different versions of each of those as well. So depending on the type of budget, the sort of size of the budget you have, then that's something you can look at as well. We've written about all of those things at Tech Guide. Uh, if you are after improving your Wi-Fi network, it's definitely worth you checking it out. And that is the end of our show here in Barcelona. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can read about everything that we've spoken about here in Berlin from EFA at techguide.com.au and also those other stories. We're still keeping that coverage up at our website as well. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do one of two things. That you can send us a voice byte. If you can go to Tech Guide, there's a blue uh, blue square on the site there, an icon that lets you press the record button and you are talking to me and talking to our listeners here, you can ask your question and you'll be part of the Tech Guide podcast. Your voice will be on this show. Or if you want to go old school, we still accept your emails. We do read them. We do reply to them as quickly as we can. You can send that email to info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also to Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week when we're back in Sydney. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.